Cowboys 28, Giants 20. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. We're here to recap a Giants Thanksgiving L. I don't even like calling it 28-20, Justin. It was really 28-13. Like, I don't care. I'm still saying the Giants didn't score any points in the second half, even though they got that two garbage time uh, Richie James touchdowns two weeks in a row. Um, Justin, we're going to break all this down. Uh, the Thanksgiving game, people are, are pissed off and I agree. I, I hate losing, especially when you were up at the half, but I think this game all boils down to the Cowboys are just a much better and more talented team than the New York Giants. And that's what ended up winning in the end. When I think the Giants even outcoached them in the first half, the talent just took over in the second half. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this Cowboy team is a Super Bowl contending team for a reason. This past week, I like I officially planted my flag and saying if they don't have this December playoff collapse like they always do and like they probably will if they don't have that, this is a team that is going to win the NFC. And what makes them different from years past is their defense. And their defense was good last year, but their defense this year isn't relying on those turnovers. So this is just a really good Dallas team, man. It was cool to be in it at halftime, but it's one of those games where the Giants have had plenty of the have the Giants have had plenty of these losses as the years have gone on where they're in it at the half, we're feeling like recklessly good, and then in the second half, we're playing a better team and shit just falls apart. So we got just we got some interesting conversations especially on the offensive side of the ball, Bobby. So let's do it. Yeah, I mean, the the Dak Prescott, since Dak Prescott's been back, they've been averaging 35 points per game, 24 versus the Lions, 49 versus the Bears, 28 versus the Packers, and then 40 last week versus the Vikings. And their defense has been awesome all year long. You know, um, the number one pass defense, like the most sacks through 10 games, I think, was that in NFL history or like the last 25 years? Oh, really? Or- I mean, I, I knew they were the best in sack rate. I didn't know they were even like, they're, even on, they're on the cusp of and It was too. either like all time or like, like the last 25 years or something like that. You know, they were up 13-7 at halftime, uh, and it, se- it seemed like they we just kind of outcoached them. You know, you have the fourth down decision by Mike McCarthy that turns into a field goal for the Giants on offense. We're, you know, we're doing play action. We're throwing the ball, getting outside the pocket. Daniel Jones makes a big throw to Darius Slayton on defense. Kayvon, who we'll talk about, Kayvon Thibodeau, who I think is the one real positive from this game was him. Yes. Um, you know, they're creating turnovers based off of pressure from Kayvon and Dexter. You know, the two interceptions in the second half. I mean, they start out with a touchdown. They get the ball first. They get a touchdown. But on that touchdown drive, that first one, you have the Zeke 22-yard run on third and four. And then the Darnay Holmes phantom holding call on a third down. Which there was like two or three of them this game. That that was that was bogus, man. That one the most. That one the most. Then the Giants don't convert on a fourth down, which we'll talk about. Do we agree with going for that or not? And then they score a touchdown in the games. Essentially, you know, it's it's going to be tough for the Giants to get back um, at that point because there's you know nine minutes left in the game. Yeah, they forced two turnovers in the first half, which one was on a deflection. I think Kayvon got pressure, and then the other was on a Dexter Lawrence pressure, and then Rodarius Williams makes a nice play on on the football there over I think it was Gallup or was it CD Lamb? It was Gallup. It was Gallup. And Gallup looked like, you know, freaking Calvin Johnson <laughs> in, in the first half there and then CD Lamb looked like Calvin Johnson in the second half. So, um uh, yeah, and especially with the secondary Bobby, I know we're kind of jumping we usually start off with offense, but 
I mean, I think one of the main reasons why the Giants just couldn't keep up in this game is even on those drives where Dallas and Dak threw those interceptions, I feel like they're driving down the field and then those interceptions happen and then boom, those are huge momentum shifts or they're supposed to be. You know, if you force two turnovers in the first half and you're only leading by, you know, you're leading by less than one score, it's tough. It's going to be tough to win that game and they didn't force any tur- turnovers in the second half. I mean, you play a team that's much more talented you and like, you said, like the refs, did not help us at all in this yeah. game. You know, you and had the touchdowns to Hodgins taken off the field. You got Nick McLeod and, um, you know, uh, Rodarius Williams, Darnay Holmes, Darnay Holmes, and Cordell Flott as your, as your secondary, as your secondary guys. Which, Darnay I mean, Holmes they, has been, is, is your best corner, and he's been like the weakness that it's like, why aren't teams attacking yeah. him? And, well, this week, this week you couldn't have a Dora Jackson follow CeeDee Lamb in the slot. You just had to leave Darnay Holmes in the slot for CeeDee Lamb. And that's, I think this game is entirely different if. Adoree Jackson's here. I know C.D. Lamb also had a really good game the first time that we played them, but I just feel like the plays that C.D. Lamb had success on, if Adoree Jackson is here, I think this game is entirely, entirely different. So again, I hope that punt return was worth it. Yeah. It it, it still makes me mad that that's the reason why Adoree Jackson is not playing is is the punt return. Yeah. The most devastated I've felt after an injury in a while. Um but let's talk about our offense. Do you want to start negative first and have like a what's wrong with Saquon Barkley conversation? Because I think that if there's, like we said, we're at, we're out coat, you know, out more talent on the Cowboys roster. But if there's one like big negative takeaway from this game that lasts more than just this individual game is like Saquon Barkley doesn't look good. Well, yeah, I think we need to start there because if Saquon Barkley and the Giants running game can't get going versus bad running no, defense, there is no Giants season. There is no Giants season from here on out. Yeah. And that's the thing is not we're not playing the best rush defense in the NFL. And I know they, you know, teams are stacking the box on them. But last week, 15 carries for 22 yards. This week, 11 carries for 39 yards. So the last two weeks, he's averaging 2.3 yards per carry. His longest play over the last two weeks is 10 yards. Justin, it's, you know, we'll talk about the shoulder, and he's definitely not running through contact. And it seems like he's every time he's meeting contact, he's getting stopped there. He's not getting forward. But he also does not look very fast. And that's the worrisome thing to me because I don't know how the Giants rushing into, like, this Giants offense works without elite, like, even if Saquon's not the most efficient, like he was the first five, six games of the year. At least you could count on him for some big plays, and you haven't gotten that. Like, and and it's and it's not just like oh they've done a good job of like funneling it in and 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 shutting it down. It's like no, he just doesn't look like he has that ability. And the play that pissed me off the most about Saquon Barkley, not pissed off, but it's like worried me the most, was the play before that fourth down, the fourth and one, where DJ threw it a little behind and Saquon dropped it. The third down, Saquon catches it with some space, and you're like, all right, first down. And he just doesn't even he gets like a yard of the of the sticks <laughs> by like like it was like wow it's like dude, you couldn't make one guy miss you know so if if he's not if the shoulder's not you know great I understand that but that's what worries me more than anything is like a guy who's been used as a bell cow it looks like his legs are going a little bit yeah not sure why a shoulder injury would impact quickness and speed but Gary Brightwell who. I'm sorry. I, I I think you would agree with me. Gary Brightwell's not a very good running back. He's a third string running back, kind of used sparingly for a reason. Gary Brightwell looked quicker and more explosive than Saquon Barkley did today. 
Yes, absolutely. Like he, and that's crazy. That's insane. You know, and I think he's lost a little confidence. Well, you know, makes him a little more hesitant. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bobby, on November 3rd, Saquon Barkley was on pace for over 400 touches this year. That is, that's insane. And I mean, almost his, all carries too. Yeah, it's not I like know, he's having 90 catches like his rookie year. It's almost right. all handoffs. His his rookie year, he had 352 touches. So that's 48 more touches. He was on pace on November 3rd. He I, He's definitely not on pace for that anymore. But he still has 244 total touches so far this year. The second highest of his career was 269 from 2019, his second year. So, I mean, you just have to... The, the thought does creep into your brain, especially when you're looking at Saquon Barkley. He is, he is not as explosive as he was the first couple weeks of the season. The thought just has to creep into your brain of, is the usage kind of getting to him? And I'm asking that as a question because I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm, obviously we're not in the training rooms and stuff, but that, like you said, everyone there's no one who's not thinking that right now. Being like, oh gosh, is he getting a little worn down? Like, is it more than a shoulder? You know, um, and obviously at that position and with his injury history, that's a, a huge concern. And, and again, it'd be if Saquon wasn't running the hardest and wasn't running through guys, you're like, okay, it's a shoulder injury. But like you explained and, and the stats show, he's not creating explosives, which even when Saquon hasn't looked his best, I, minus last year. Last year, it's like almost a mulligan because he's so injured. Yeah. Um, but even like 2019, where he was not having like super efficient games, getting four to five yard carries, he still averaged like 4.9 yards a pop, had a bunch of like, look at his highlights from it. Like he created points for the Giants because he just yeah. created all these big plays. We haven't seen that. I mean, even the Texans game where he was efficient, like his longest carry was what, like nine, 10 yards? Yeah. Um, I mean, Gary Brightwell had two runs of 10 plus yards today. Saquon Barkley hasn't had a run of like 10, 10 or more yards since I think I think the Texans game maybe. So um, in Dallas coming into this game, again, we were saying this during our preview pod, Dallas coming into this game, they allowed the, the fourth highest runs of 10 plus yards in the NFL this year. Uh, this year. So if there was a game where we kind of knew that the Giants passing offense maybe would struggle a little bit, we knew the offensive line would struggle, especially when you're down a couple starters. They were down three starters, but we like Nick Gates better than John Feliciano anyway. You know, they were down a couple stars. We knew how dangerous Micah Parsons is. This was a game where Saquon Barkley needed to be explosive, and he was definitely the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was... Like we said going into this game, we need a superstar game for the Giants, from Saquon for the Giants to win this game, and we got the exact opposite. We got yeah. a dud game from him. All right, but here's... So out, so that's the rushing game, right? And we know... Hey, I think we're just at this point this year where if the Giants' rushing game isn't going to be there for them, their offense isn't going to be there for them. So I, I think we're at this point this year with this Giants team. and But I still want to talk – got to talk about the offense overall. I think they're in a really weird spot. I think they're in a really weird spot. I think all year they've called the offense like they haven't trusted their own line, their quarterback, or wide receivers. And rightfully so for two out of the three, quarterback being the exception of that at times, right? But I think teams are starting to figure out what makes this Giants offense click. I think they're starting to figure it out a little bit. I think see, I think the Seahawks definitely started it, and it's kind of, you know, it's kind of just somersaulted into what we saw here. I feel like we're at a point where we need to start trusting our Jimmys and Joes a little bit more, Bobby. We need to trust Darius Slayton a little more. It sucks that everybody's still getting hurt. Daniel Bellinger's out, so there's all there is this exception to say you shouldn't trust your Jimmys and Joes because they kind of do stink. But 
not utilizing Saquon Barkley in the receiving game, not using Darius Slayton as your wide receiver one because you're forced to. It's easier said than done, but Bobby, what other choice do they have on offense right now but to trust their skill position players? Because I think this manufactured stuff, it's starting to get sniffed out. And I think Washington, this this next game, will tell the story. Like, I don't want to be too reactionary because this Dallas team is talented. They're the number one passing deep. Like, like versus, versus the Cowboys, like, we've talked about having more drop-back passing offense. Versus the Cowboys, it's like, well, we're not going to call for that because you, you're you never, like, it's one thing to be like, no, they're going to, they rush the passer well. Versus this game, there was never a clean pocket. Never. You know, and even when you were doing the boot stuff, like, it was a lot of stuff was under duress and some of the biggest plays were, like, DJ hanging on. Um, in the first half, and then they, you know, you had to do deep, but like even deep passes aren't like predicated on uh, a great, po- like you know, great protection. What's great protection is being able to go off of your deep pass to a deep cross, or you know, those you know, some like crossers down the field. Deep passes, you actually don't need a ton of protection, uh, production, uh, protection to get those off. And even the like the Darius Slayton big catch. I mean, Mark Gowinski got his ass whooped and was <laughs> well, DJ course. was throwing with the dude right in his face. So even when they did do did convert that, they had O line issues. But I think Washington and the rest, like even this Dallas team, is just so talented on defense with what yeah. they do that, like, I don't want to totally judge, like, like Saquon. We need that is worth like long term. The passing offense. I mean, one we know it's never it wasn't ever going to be great this year, anyways. But I'm not like. Like, I'm not going into this Washington game being like, we're totally exposed. Like, I, I still think Washington is a pretty evenly matched game. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I mean, oh, ultimate outlook on this giant season is they need to win two games to have a shot at the wild card. And if they win three games, they're, you, you feel confident that I they're in they're the I think they're going to win 10 games this year still. Okay. N- All right, nine so at the, basically- n- I think nine at the minimum. Like, you at the worst, you split with Washington. And then you beat the Colts. You got to beat the Colts. Yeah, I mean, we and also we knew after that Detroit game too. We knew that that defense was the last bad defense that we were going to play. Yeah. I mean, all you know, the, all these defenses that we have now coming up on this schedule that they're going to be good defenses, and it's going to be tough for this Giants team to either throw the ball or run the ball. Um, I don't think there's any defense that were that's on the schedule that's just completely totally balanced. I think like teams like the Eagles and the, and the Cowboys. You should be able to run the ball on them. We didn't this game. And then teams like, um, you know, the the Colts and or Washington, you should be able to throw the ball on them a little bit, but they have better run defenses. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works. But I just had that thought, man, where I, I, I want to be in a spot to trust Darius Slayton a little bit more. Like, you're telling me that Isaiah Hodgins and, you know, we, we see Richie James at times just run a route and they can get, like, separation from a drop-back offense. But then you remember that the line's bad. So there's all these different things. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, for, I mean, for the, the line the makes it hard to do anything versus the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The line versus the rest of the teams will be, like, not great, but not, like, just totally hand- – like, there was never a clean pocket. And we'll talk – I mean, Andrew Thomas gave up two sacks in this game. Yeah. Like, there's no winning that game. All you right, know, let's talk about – um. let's talk about Daniel Jones. Because I no, feel like actually, we just have – No, actually, we got to talk about – the offense it needs T-shirts. Like, oh. you know. They need T-shirts. They yeah. need true classic tees. And true classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. We need this passing offense to look good. It needs good T-shirts. True classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees. And now you can save big while you do so. Get twenty per- uh, 25% off true classic with my... This is my- this is not Justin's. No, this not is- mine. 
my exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash giants. And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Um, I I like the you know the true classic t-shirts you know they they make fellows of all I'm six foot seven it makes me feel good you know feel confident um you know I, I'm ready I'm ready to go in my true classic shirts and what I like about them is they have very simple shirts too and I'm very much like a white tee black tee gray tee type of guy you're like, a I'm simple man some would say simple man radio some would say so get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Satan Claus's lift it's a gift for you but really. A gift for her. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash giants. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash giants. Satan Claus won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classic. Whoa! You'll be glad you did. All right. Yeah, we, it's I, my, been like, speech, I, my speech is a little off today. It's been like 15, 16 minutes. Uh, we haven't talked about Daniel. We haven't really talked about specifically Daniel Jones yet. So I don't think this is the game where you killed Daniel Jones. Um, definitely some plays you want back. That thir- that fourth and one to Saquon, it was thrown behind him. Now, the argument is going to be like, well, if he throws it in front of him, the ball might get tipped. I don't think that's going through Daniel Jones' head when he's making the throws. Like, I- No. Maybe it is, but I don't think this is the game where you kill Daniel Jones because it's just, one, the no-running game. This Dallas passing defense is the number one passing defense in the NFL. And I thought in the first half, like he created well, like the Darius Slayton, you know, uh, big pass. There was another Darius Slayton big pass where he stumbled towards the end of it. You know, um, like the that Chris Myrick 22-yard catch. Like the flat was open on the first read. He hangs in there and I'm yelling like, throw the flat. And it's like, nope, he gets Chris Myrick. The Hodgins touchdown, you know, gets called. Like, so I thought he did some good things. Nothing. I don't. I don't think this is a game where if you're a Daniel Jones fan, or I, let me just stop using fan or hater. Like this is Twitter. I don't think this is a game where you killed Daniel Jones. There's definitely some stuff you want back, but this is a tough game to survive, and especially when your two best players didn't help you much. With, t- I mean, I mean, it's not like Thomas was getting dominated all game, but he did give up two sacks um, and another pressure. And then Saquon didn't give you anything through the ground or the air. Um, so, like, I don't have really any big takeaways from Daniel. Like, what we've said throughout the year, the bit, if you really want to go at Daniel Jones, go at the way that they are building the offense. But there's great rebuttals to that with the offensive line and receiver issues, right, too. Right, which, which that's basically been, like, my whole back and forth that I've had with myself this episode. It's just so frustrating that... Daniel Jones hasn't been given the opportunity to try and elevate the offense. And again, the rebuttal is, but Justin, they have a bad old line and they have bad receivers. And I can't disagree with you. It's just where this Giants team is is kind of at. Um, you know, the, we didn't see the third down magic today. We certainly didn't. The Giants were three for 11 on third down. They converted a third and one, a third and three, a third and two, and a third and three. They didn't convert a third down of three or longer. Um, you know, and their average on third down today was 7.4. I mean, that's that's kind of been the Giants' status quo uh, throughout this entire season. So, you know, in wins, you're going to give credit for Daniel Jones. And wow, you know, you, he really converted those third and longs. And the Giants found a way to convert, you know, and Giants found a way to survive and win this game, even though they had third and longs. But when you lose the game, you're like, well, the offense can't get into so many third and longs. That's just, that's just how it kind of goes. So again, Daniel Jones just isn't being given the opportunity, I feel, to really elevate the play of the offense. And I just think it's 
by design because everything else is around him is bad. I don't know. So we knew the whole offensive line would suck from the most. I mean, I'm very interested to rewatch and go watch Nick Gates specifically because I didn't. There wasn't a play where I'm like Nick Gates got beat, so that's exciting. Um, and we should bench John Feliciano's ass. Um, hope you had fun, you know, making jokes about, uh, you know, chicks on. Anyways. Oh yeah. Well, also for somebody who who really you know hated being benched in Buffalo, he sure has a. Uh, you know, he sure has tweeted, and it sure seems like he misses Buffalo a little bit. Yeah, I, it whatever. Have fun. Um, Thomas giving up two sacks. What's frustrating? I'm almost more frustrated that he was sick in this game because it's now it's like, was he like, so he's gonna face Mark Micah Parsons twice a year for the next ten years, um, which Joy. Micah Parsons is. I mean, he's amazing. He's nothing short of amazing. Um, so he's not going to win every battle of that. Uh, but I just, you know me, I hate seeing Andrew Thomas lose reps. Yep. Um, you know, it's, he wasn't out there getting dominated, but he lost. He, you know, he got, he gave up a pressure in the first half and then the two sacks in the second half. The, we do have some evidence. Like the last time the guy was sick was that Patriots preseason game where it was bus talk and then he comes out and has an awesome 2021 season. So is Chase Young back? I think yeah, he got activated. I don't know if they want to play him, but he is activated. From he did they did because they had they he was activated because the twenty one win day window was closing. So I don't know if he's actually healthy or they just had to activate him. All right. Well, either way, whether it's Montez Sweat, Chase Young, I'm excited for Andrew Thomas to recover next week. Yeah, I, Andrew Thomas is the last player that I'm reacting to about this game because Micah Parsons. If Pat if Patrick Mahomes isn't a player in the NFL and maybe Justin Jefferson, uh, Micah Parsons is the MVP this year. I know our show is not about, we, we do our best to not talk about Twitter or act like we're arguing with Twitter on the show. Yeah, it was, but it was, it got, bad. I think this past week, I just been a bit annoyed by Twitter for a lot of things. I mean, I've got, we got a, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, um, with some family stuff, good and bad. Um, but I, I lost it at the end of the game on Twitter. And, like, I one like, the people, so, like, people be, being like, oh, this, this, this post sucks. Like, you know, like, your video on Instagram. It's like, shut up, okay? Justin singing at halftime has nothing to do with the fucking game. Shut up. Shut up with your little brains. And then, I, when, so when Andrew Thomas gave the sack, I got people tweeting me, like, awards now, like, sarcastically. Yeah, like, are you on guy, crack? Yeah. Have you watched Andrew, Andrew Thomas all year? No, what are they we haven't. doing here? No. And then I told Odell to get a job. I was very uh, Twitter has <laughs> not gotten to me for a, in a while. I think the last 3 days it just has. Odell Beckham um, Jr has done nothing for the Giants and uh, I am going to my ha- brother's ha- wedding on Saturday and I'm I'm recharging. I'm done. And yeah. and then Twitter can't bother me ever again. Yeah, no, don't don't let it. And you're and of course you're the Andrew Thomas guy so you're you know, you're going to take that. But again, I mean a- Andrew Thomas allowing two sacks to a top five player in the NFL right now. I not, not one of the thing, not one of the top things on my priority list. What is a top thing on my priority list? Believe it or not. Can't believe I'm talking about this. So you're, you keep on saying Isaiah uh, uh, Hodgins. Is it, was it a Lawrence Cager or Hodgins touchdown that was taken off the board? Hodgins. Cager was that first 20 yard catch. Okay. All right. So Hodgins, uh, that touchdown was being taken off the board. Brian Dable. And when you win the game, it doesn't matter. When you lose the game, it matters. Brian Dable and this offensive coaching staff, every fucking week, get plays taken off the board because there are ineligible men downfield. And every week, 
Brian Dable freaks out at the officials. It's like, bro, you got to know it's coming. You got to know it's coming. We saw Kadarius Toney's biggest play in the Giants this year get taken off the board. We saw a touchdown get taken off the board this week. So, I mean, they got to figure that out. They got to figure that out because that is a huge difference changing play this game. It's one thing like last week when they had the RPO and DJ doesn't throw it and he has to hold it. Like, that's okay. That's football. This week, it's a play action boot. Like, you got to kind of get into your – like, come on. You do not get four yards down the field on that. Yeah, I mean, Um, Jack Anderson, I get it. He's new. But it's not just Jack Anderson being new. It's every week somebody is doing it. And Brian Dable freaks out every single week at the officials. It's like you should – if you're going to freak out that much, you got to know what's coming. You got to know what's coming, man. Let's talk about coaching because Mike Kafka the last couple weeks has maybe gotten a little heat. Um, I really don't have my main. So my only thing coming away from this game and listen, you can always go with hindsight and pick at coaching. Um, be like, well, this play call, this play, you know, um, you know, and, and I think play calling can just become a buzzword when the offense isn't good. But this play calling stinks. Like, give me some actual reasons why it doesn't work. You know, the play design I love. Um, my only issue was the that second to last drive of the game. There's nine minutes left. You're down two points, and they just start running the ball. And so you've so through six plays, it takes three minutes to run six are they plays. Down, are they down two points or two possessions? Sorry, two pos, two, uh, okay. two touchdowns. So they run. They were start running the ball. So they run six plays that takes three minutes off the clock. So you go from nine minutes to six, uh, uh, five minutes and fifty seconds, and you're only at the forty eight yard line. <laughs> Um, you know, and so then it's like, you got to really start rushing, um, there. That was my, that was, that's my gripe with Kafka. Um, everything else, again, there's things you probably like, like no guy's going to call a perfect game, but the play designs work. They build off of it. It's not predictable. Like there's, there's no predictability in what their play calling is. Um, they didn't run the ball on first and 10. They ran that play action boot stuff and it actually worked a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was one second and long run. Uh, you know, if, if you know, it's not like we're running the ball four times on second and long. There was one, but the the running the ball at the end bothered me. Also, can we talk? What do you? So you can say what you want to Kafka. I want to talk about that Dable fourth down decision. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about the the Dable fourth down decision. But uh, yeah, I mean the this is just not an offense that's built from coming from behind when they have to throw the ball. Clearly, they're a team that is built from, you know, they can come from behind. They came from behind in a lot of their victories this year, but that's when they have time. They have a second half. They have an entire fourth quarter to build off of each other there. But this is just not a team that's built from coming from behind when they can throw the ball. I mean, that that's just flat out. And you even see that during the two-minute drill and the two-minute offense that they run or that they don't even run. At the end of the first half, Dable goes into the locker room with these timeouts or, you know, it gets down to 45, 30 seconds. And yeah, I don't know why st- they call it timeouts. We still have two, three timeouts. And again, during wins, you're not going to talk about it. But during losses, these are things you do have to talk about. You know, it's been kind of like an all-season thing where you know, there are certain times where, as a fan, you always want your team to go and get as many points as possible, where, you know, you're, you're possibly getting no points on a two-minute possession at the end of the first half, or... You know, you're only kicking a field goal when maybe you could have, you know, maybe put seven points up on the board if you really went up tempo and you really utilized the timeouts when you should be using timeouts. But this this staff just flat out does not believe in their ability to throw the ball. 
They do not believe in their ability to throw the ball out of a drop back offense. That is flat out point blank. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, and it'd be one thing if this was like an outlier because you're playing the Cowboys. It's been consistent all year. No, they don't. They don't believe in their ability to throw the ball. And whether that's offensive line, quarterback, or wide receiver, we we don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I lean mostly wide receiver at this point because do you remember how Darius Slayton was just uh, an outcast over the summer? Like they wanted to trade him. They didn't want him yeah, on the team. They didn't give we, him a shot to play. No, it was Colin Johnson. See, it was the summer of By the way, Colin he's Johnson. Having his highest yards per game and catch rate this year. Yeah, and so the fact that they didn't trust him and he's doing well with the limited opportunities, it, that that makes me think that they still don't trust him. So, um, fourth and one, fourth and one. You're at your own forty. I didn't. I, and I, it's. I hate. To, so I actually, I should have tweeted it out because I hate the hindsight fourth down decision. Like, remember the Browns game. Everyone, you know, in 2020, everyone lost on Joe Judge for going yeah. on fourth down. Um, I don't – you have the whole second half ahead of you. You don't get that. The game, Like, the game is very likely over. Um, I did not like that. Well, I mean, you can't – I don't think you make fourth down decisions in fear. And you have ten guys on the field, too. Well, yeah, that's also part of it. Um, Giants have had a few times this year they've had ten guys on the field, offense and defense. I like going for it. It's 36 inches. You're near midfield. This is a team where you have to maximize every offensive opportunity that you get. Um, The Giants had trouble getting the ball past midfield there. If you get another series of downs there, you have an opportunity to get it past midfield, and then maybe you can get cooking in the red zone, maybe add another three points. So, um, or maybe even add seven points. That's a concept. So I like going, like going for it. You got to get 36 inches. So whether it's, you trust your run defense and you run the ball. It was the right play call. It was the right play. You just yeah. Need I mean, the play ball. worked. They just executed it. Badly. Yeah, it was it was bad. Ex- so I will never fault. I'm never going to fault the thought process when it was bad. Ex- when it was just bad execution. So they need to yeah. execute. Yeah, I just I just thought I you know it's I know you don't coach scare, but I was like the to me those like it's just. And it really did kind of end the game. I mean, I could they, I could also they, see them. I mean, because you have Bobby, you have to think about it. Dallas was still moving the ball anyway. Even with those first half interceptions, they were still moving the ball on those drives. So you kind of have to think of interceptions as almost a little bit of a at time. At times, it could be a fluky thing. It could be a, a pass deflection. It could be whatever. So if they punt it there, and Dallas drives eighty yards down the field and they get a touchdown, that's also a likely thing that happens there. Um, I'm more mad that that happened. Um, if they punt the ball, they go 80 yards, and the Giants' offense—they don't even—they don't even give themselves a shot to be successful there. So it's not like the Giants' defense was just being so flat out dominant from start to finish. They got timely turnovers in the first half, which matters, and they just couldn't uh, maximize on it. Why don't you talk about Candlewick Diner and our tailgate at the next Giants game before we talk about the defense? I would love to talk about the Candlewick Diner. Uh, this episode is sponsored by the Candlewick Diner. You have to show up to our Washington tailgate this upcoming weekend. It is the L... I'm wearing the shirt. The Talking Giants tailgate crew shirt. We got L16 on the back because that is the lot that we tailgate every single week. L16, L17 on the curb, and we're going to have some great food. And it's brought to you by the Candlewick Diner. They are located a mile up the road from MetLife Stadium. They have a full-service bar in-house bakery and free delivery. I know those Giants players, they do use that free delivery option quite often. They have an extensive menu from breakfast to burgers, steaks, and pasta, 
And yes, it is a spot that is frequently visited by Giants players. You don't want to miss this tailgate. We got LPG Joe Rubeck coming. We got Chris the Entertainer coming. Bobby Skinner is coming. Jolly Olive, if you're a Mets fan, Jolly Olive from John Boy Media is going to be making his way there. So you never know who's going to show up. Check out the Candlewick Diner in East Rutherford, New Jersey for all your diner favorites. Thank you to Candlewick. Uh, Another person who'll be there replied to... So, like, I'm... I told you, I'm going to be there. Like I said, I'm undefeated at Giants games. We need this win, so I'm there to get the Giants to a win. Another thing that frustrated me is like, so Shane Lemieux got hurt again? And I just made the comment. It's like, one of the things about Shane Lemieux is like, he started all four years at Oregon, never missed a single snap. And then now with the Giants, he's been injured in the the last three games he's appeared and he's injured. Yeah, it's and I got people, luck. people being like, yeah, well, he sucks. And so I finally I got mad and quote tweeted. I was like, yeah, I hope he tears his ACL. Obviously sarcastic. And then I had people being like, this isn't it. I was like, come on, come on. Like, you, you can't, do, you can't do, win do you on the Do you think internet. the guy who talks about the Giants for a living is actually rooting for an ACL tear for Shane Lemieux? Have, like, one brain cell, please. Um, you, you can't win and on also, the internet. And also, like, get go out to people who I'm trying to be sympathetic about a guy who's not been able to get a chance to play. Well, he sucked as a rookie. So does look at every single rookie guard this year. They all suck exclusively. First round picks, second round picks, third round picks. And I'm like having some sympathy that this guy's really never going to get a shot because he can never get to play more than a half. Um, and like go after those people who are like, this guy's career is falling apart because of injuries. And you're just like, I, I don't give a shit. Guy gave up three pressures in a game and a sack. You're not right. going to win on the internet. You're not. Yeah, all right. And we have and we have going a to my brother's wedding, and the Twitter's not going to bother me for us season after that. I'm Unless going to the Iron other Bowl. fan bases. Um, I'm going to the no, Iron Bowl. Of course, it's going to rain this week. No, no one's listening to this podcast, so we can rant a little bit about this. <laughs> uh, the defense, first half, Dak Prescott, ten for sixteen, 116 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Second and a half. 11 for 14, 145 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. The bad DBs just caught up to him. There was three third and longs that converted in the second half, including uh, the third and uh, goal at the 15 touchdown to Dalton Schultz. For the game, they converted seven of 10 third downs. I'm not including a run at the end of the game when they had third and seven. Ah. Um, And on those, they passed the ball six for nine, 87 yards, a touchdown. They did have an interception. And then one carry for 22 yards. They averaged 10 yards per play on third down. Um, and then successful third downs, they averaged like 13 yards per play. There's there's something about this Dallas offense that they have found something in Wink Martindale's third down defense. Do you remember how I was all I was afraid of this Dallas team the first time that we played them too? Because this Giants team was doing something that was just so, so crazy. And the and, this is an entire season theme, by the way. It wasn't even just the first few weeks of the season. An entire season theme of this Giants defense has been their ability to stop teams on third and short. I mean, they even did it on third and short this game, and then they had a fourth down stop as well. Um, but Dallas was still four for six on third down five or less. So they were successful no matter which way which way you kind of paint it. They were successful on third and longs. They were successful on, on third and shorts. So... There's just something about this Dallas team that they've unlocked some they've unlocked something to find how they can be successful against Wink Martindale's defense. And then really just a kind of an issue for this Giants defense all year long anyway has kind of been third and longs. Like I am for some reason much more comfortable when the Giants defense is in a third and 3 versus a third and 8. It's crazy. Yeah. Um 
I won't go that far, but I agree. That I am. I, I kind of am at this point. They're like the best in the NFL on like third and shorts. And then like, you yeah, know. Yeah, all their th- their stops were on third and short. See, I'm I'm not this, crazy. Yeah, but it's just human nature. Um, I'm not crazy. I mean, their corner, their DBs just caught up to him. So do you, ha- so do you have a problem with the way Wink called this game? Because I, I'm, so here's my thing is Wink didn't go blitz man heavy crazy the whole game. He did it on third down and I. I'm not going to get mad at him for the money down being like, we, we got to get pressure. Because guess what? Like, so the the touchdown, the Dalton Schultz on third and goal in the 15, they didn't blitz. They had two safe. They played man coverage, but they had two safeties high and they rushed four. And they're, you know, they're able to pick them. Like, pick, like when you're the Dallas Cowboys, you have Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. Pick the matchup you want. C.D. Lamb's going to win it. If they bring the safety to that side, go to Dalton Schultz. And, you know, Dalton Schultz is going to beat Nick McLeod. Yeah. It's and he this was quiet. At, he was quiet at that point. It was Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb that were owning the game, and so. that's why Adoree Jackson's injury plus Xavier McKinney's injuries are like, like we said, this is why it, it, the Adoree Jackson injury is so frustrating because it's this, a different game. If, it's a different. If you game. want to, if if you so if you want to be like the Giants' season's over, I don't care about Washington. It, like they're probably not going to win those games. The thing you point to is not the offensive play calling or Saquon. The thing you point to is Adore Jackson. Because now we don't have one singular guy who can take away a guy on a play. Now, it's like, all right, we could give safety help here. They'll attack here. Where yep. before it was like, you trust Adore. You give the safety help to this side. You, you, know, you play your linebackers underneath on the slot on third downs and take away inbreakers and then play outside leverage with the corner. Well, now you can't do that because they they their guy is going to be better than our guy. Yeah, I, I said it on offense about Jimmy's and Joe's. You can easily say that on defense as well with Jimmy's and Joe's, and especially it comes down to the to the secondary. You could say that you want Wink Martindale to play more zone. Well, it's either you're covering guys in grass or you're covering guys in front of you in grass. Whether that makes sense, like I, either way, you're still covering guys. It's just yeah. a matter of how you do it. Um, so I, I don't mind how Wink called this game. Like, it, I don't mind. I don't mind it. If anything, I thought the pressure up front and bringing the pressure and guys winning their battles up front, cough, yeah, cough, Kayvon Thibodeau, cough, cough, Dexter Lawrence. I thought those. I thought that like helped the back end tremendously. Yeah, it led to all the good. All the good things happened because of pressure up front. You know, it wasn't just guys locked. Like every good play that the defense made was because of pressure up front, and that's the big pause that we can take away from this game. We start. The, I think the noise was getting a little loud for Kayvon. We talked about it. it was like we need, like you know, here's my giant factor for this game. It's like we need Kayvon to step up. He did in this game. Now he didn't miss that sack. That's very frustrating. Missed, a, missed like two, but he was he was bringing the pressure. He was like we said it. Like Tyler Smith's a rookie. You need to beat him. Well, guess what? He whipped his ass all game long, and it is starting to get frustrating that the dude can't draw a single holding penalty when he gets held so. So like the Darnay Holmes penalty, the phantom call, Tyler. I have a screenshot. Tyler Smith is holding him from behind him, yeah. like arms out on his like his uh, his uh, horse collar, and you know, and, or neck collar, and just holding him. And it's like, why can't Kayvon get a single freaking holding penalty? It's insane. Yeah, I almost wanted to tell Andrew Thomas. It's like, hey, at start holding Micah Parsons because they won't call it. Um, yeah, refs were. I, I don't. I'm at this point in my life where I don't freak out over refs in games anymore like I used to, but 
that was bad. This was the worst officiated game of the season. Oh yeah, uh, every, by, you know, you know how it is. Every every game, there's gonna be you know this call. Like it's like, well, you forgot about this call. Like this was the worst officiated game of the season. Yeah, it was. It was very very bad. Kayvon did deserve. I mean, I I have about I have nine clips, and this is just from the broadcast angle, by the way, too. Like I'm excited for you to actually get the all 22, and you'll you'll send the compilation for me to actually do the highlighting thing on Premiere. But I have nine plays, a minute and 49 seconds worth of Kayvon Thibodeau highlights, and I kind of made sure that I zoomed in on some of them so you can actually see what's going on. Um, so I'm excited to share that. Uh, you had on a 38% pressure rate. Right. Yeah, so he finished with five QB hits on the day. That ties the season single high with DeMar- with Dexter Lawrence, DeMarcus Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence versus Houston and Leonard Williams versus Seattle. So I was predicting that the game book and then the NFL would only give him like three or four, but they gave him five, which was, which was super awesome. So now here's my thing. He also had the third highest pressure rate of the season for anybody. Awesome. Dallas also made some, you know, dummy decisions, which Detroit got away with it. And there've been teams that have gotten away with it, but uh, Dallas made the dummy decision to put tight ends on him for a couple, for a couple plays too. And he just demolished those. And that's what we need him to do. When you get a tight end matchup, whip their ass. Yeah. He did did not take advantage of that uh, against Detroit. Uh, He, he really didn't. So, but then even Tyler Smith, who's had a solid rookie season so far, he had him in hell, had him in hell. Um, What was I going to say? Shit. I had a really good point. Oh, Twitter. This is the last, uh, this is like a minor, reactionary point that i have you know what it is it's a prime time we're recording late that's when twitter gets to you yeah but this i'm not like you you got a little mad and you know hey that's that's where you're at right now i i I was i was heated last week and i got shit for it now watch youtube youtube won't criticize you for getting heated anyway um (laughs) so i had that tweet about Kayvon thibodeau five qb hits in a single game and how that's awesome and how that's good well he didn't get a sack doesn't matter still sucks giants lost blah 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 i would rather have a player this is any player, but especially Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau needed this game, like desperately needed it. Like, you know, uh, Camel needs water in the middle of a desert. Kayvon Thibodeau needed this game very badly because we were starting to like get to a point where it's like, man, like, are you going to are you going to do anything <laughs> like this year besides that Baltimore game? And you had a few plays against Jacksonville, but he needed this game, man. And I would rather leave this game. Kayvon Thibodeau having the game that he had with five QB hits, then one sack. One sack and one QB hit, or one sack, no QB hits. I would 100% prefer this game over if he had just one sack and then did nothing else. 100%, because this consistent pressure is hopefully, he needs to continue this, and it needs to be consistent, and it needs to to roll off of each other. Hopefully that will lead to sacks. That's the argument that the that the consistent pressure is going to lead to sacks eventually. That's if there was like one bright spot from this game. It's like what would be if if we're gonna lose? That was the only bright spot from this. It's like game. what? Yeah, it's like but you're saying like you get one bright spot. What would you want to be like? Kayvon has a game. Well, guess what? Kayvon had a game. Yep, one hundred percent. Well, I ho- I hope that you come away from the game also saying that Nick Gates played well. Yeah, um, I gotta re- go rewatch that like intently. So I'm I'm excited to hear what you got to say about that. But that was awesome, awesome job by Kayvon. Also, Dex, like Dexter Lawrence didn't have the game that we've like come to know him for this year. But I will say I've seen him do things to Zach Martin 
that most like a few times that most guys cannot do versus Zach Martin, who's a yep. like a first ballot Hall of Fame guard, which is like to get that recognition as a guard is hard to do. And like he caught a he got a holding called on him. He had a you know the QB hit on the first sack. Like he, I guess that wasn't against Zach Martin, but he had a couple other really good plays versus Zach Martin. So, um, wasn't like the dominant force game, but like he did play well. Yeah, Leonard Williams got a holding call drawn on him too. I hate how Leonard Williams like isn't having a better statistical year. I still feel like he's having a like a good year, which is which is frustrating. Which is frustrating, but it is whatever. Bobby, before we get into, I don't know what we have left, but. Uh, we got to talk about Manscaped. It's never too early, never too early to start playing that music. It's that time of the year where you want to start playing your holiday music. And it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or for the friend in your pants, you can make this season be jolly with Manscaped. Jolly all, I'm going to see you next weekend. Shout out to you. You're listening to this. Look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com slash giants for free shipping and 20 percent off remember uh, manscaped that's not what they're called manscaped has all the p's they have a platinum package they have the ultra premium package they have so many p's but the p stands for awesome and great makes no sense platinum package has each product from the best-selling performance package plus the ultra premium body wash ultra premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner and ultra premium deodorant i told you there's a lot of p's uh i want you to go and get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash giants. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. Bobby Skinner, uh, what do we what do we have left? Uh, find a way to win, win against Washington next week, and the world will be right and correct again. Excited for it. I'm already, I'm, I'm turning the page. Um, rushing defense was pretty bad too they had basically five yards per carry i got rid of the carries on the last two drives of the game where they were just running it for the sake Good for of you. running it um anything else on this game like like i guess we could it's happy thanksgiving to everybody hope you enjoyed your thanksgiving happy thanksgiving um hopefully you guys listen to when you by the time you heard this we've been on wfan i'm going to lie i'm going to make up a story about thanksgiving so i hope you guys enjoy it wow joe judge's patriots in a shootout right now 23 23 i love giving live updates on a recorded podcast you're going you're going against your own rules i know but i I needed to i needed to check up on joe judge's patriots people get really mad that i call them joe judge's patriots which again reveals how the internet because we've lost two games in a row Justin, that we've lost two games in a row, so eventually, like, yo, Judge wasn't so bad, you know, and Dable, maybe we were fooled. I've <laughs> already seen a little of that, which is like, here, here I go again. I say that sarcastically to all my Back friends all the time. Ro- people calling Kafka Jason Garrett. I'm like, come on, people, yeah, what let's, are we let's, doing here? Let's take, let's take it easy. Uh, I love how... Uh, like, Wink is overrated. I, I, I said it. Wink is overrated. It's like, well, you guys are getting mad at me for just liking Patrick Graham, not even, you know, all right. Um, Isn't it crazy how this Giants offense has been able to do what they've done without like being like being the worst explosive passing offense in the National Football League? I'd be having a stroke. They've been better last the last couple weeks though. They had three completions of twenty plus versus the Lions. They had the slate, so they've been improving on that a little like, bit. Like there's so much, there's so much that goes wrong. There's so much that just has gone wrong in this Giants season. Yet they're still seven and four. 
which is kind of awesome. So end it on that note. How about beat the that? commanders. Beat the commanders, and we're you know we're we're like all right, this is good for a rebuilding year. Lose to the commanders, then it's oh. like then it's like yeah, December's gonna suck. Um, yeah, so. we're, we're, we were seven and two at one point. Yes, we were seven and two. At this point, the season is a disappointment if you don't make the playoffs. You, oh you yeah, gotta you gotta beat the commanders. You gotta beat the commanders and the Colts. Do it. We we compared. I don't think stealing one from Philly's even either is crazy either. No, maybe they're. You know, we'll see how they look. We'll see how they look this and Sunday. We beat but them. We beat them last year when we were on the verge of destruction. We compared this Giants team in the summer and heading into this season. We compared them to the Eagles last year, where we said just beat the bad teams. They've done more than that. They beat the Titans, who are a really good team. They beat the Ravens. The Ravens. Ravens, who are, you know, they're my Super Bowl team. The the Packers are whatever. Um, you know, and they've, they've beat the bad teams on their schedule. So, beat the Commanders. Beat the Colts. Yeah, I don't care, I don't care, what, you, I don't care what you tell me. I don't care what you tell me. The Commanders are not a good team. Sorry. They no. can be 6-4. and four, They can do whatever. They're not a good team. So, they, they've lost two. We've, we've lost two to the Cowboys. Um, lost to the Lions. That's, you know. The Lions do look better, though. Like, let's be real. But still, that was a game you shouldn't have lost. And then you lost to the Seahawks, who are a good team. You know? And they, it's not like they were outclassed in that game. So, um, all right. So, that's it. Uh, hope you guys enjoy your guys' weekends. Go to the, buy Black Friday stuff from Talking Giants, the merch, John Boy Media, whatever, all that good stuff. All, all kinds of deals. I just bought a bunch of coffee cups for my family. Um, so, we appreciate Anything else, Justin? See, uh, we'll have mailbag out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. I'll put right. online report out Monday morning, film review probably Monday evening. Sounds good. Let's do it. Mailbag Tuesday and all that good stuff. I'll all be, right, we uh, appreciate you guys. Ooh, big play. Enjoy your Patriots. wedding, Bobby, and I'm going to enjoy the Iron Bowl, so I'll have a report on that. All right. See you guys. Have a good weekend. We appreciate you. See you Tuesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.